0: Good morning, Rise and Freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. How are we feeling today? How was your Thanksgiving? Mine was super happy. Papa came. My nephew came. My uh, mother-in-law is still in town, but she's leaving today. I know. Very sad about that. We had a great time with her and we'll definitely miss her, but I will be seeing her soon in San Francisco in the coming new year. Hope you had a wonderful holiday. I spent some good quality time with the family. Also got to rest, ate a lot, you know, lots of burps, lots of farts. It was a great time though. We ate lots of turkey, uh had stuffing. We also ate that green bean casserole. I know some of you are like not keen on that. But we pretty much had all of the Thanksgiving staples except for one, cranberry sauce because Oh
1: no, god. No, right. God, not a fan. Please no. No.
0: The no. one thing that we forgot, though, no. rolls or like croissants, I guess, which is another Thanksgiving tradition. So, you know, oh. maybe next year or maybe we'll have them for Christmas dinner. How about you? We've got a lot of great fun left to go, though. A few more weeks until Christmas time. Did you guys do some shopping? We had an awesome Black Friday. And today, yeah, we had like 38 sales at AP for dot com, which is just for us. That's. That's like a month. (laughs) We did fantastic. And uh, those sales, by the way, are still going on. A lot of people have been buying the uh, Now I Have a Machine Gun Ho 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 Christmas sweater, Die Hard Christmas sweater, which is 20% off. Uh, We sold a lot of those. And I bought one myself. (laughs) Uh, Although I can always get 20% off, but it's my store. Uh, And we also sold a lot of Calvin Coolidge stuff. Calvin Coolidge mugs. Uh, We also have a really cool water bottle. What, or as the British say, what a bottle" <laughs> that we've sold as well. All of our drinkware is still 15% off until tonight. And for those of you who don't know, we are doing a couple of promo codes. So the 20% discounts at the shop for all apparel is automatic. You don't have to enter a code. And then for the uh, drinkware, like mugs and water bottles and things, those are all 15% off automatically. But the uh, if you want to buy some coffee today, you can still get the coffee discount, $2 off a bag of coffee if you use the code Founding Flavors in the checkout. And then also if you want to get a phone case, all of our phone cases are $5 off if you use the code Liberty Calling, all one word. So just so you know, those are all going to be good all through tonight. So you got one last final day to get. Sweet deals at Shop.com. Cool. There you go. Yes. Uh, we've got some, oh my God, did I ever step in it this weekend? But you know how it is. <laughs> <laughs> AP always get in trouble for stirring the pot. <laughs> One listener texted in the show this morning asking about our cell phone cases. I will get back to you soon. You can text the show too at 573-319-1586. That's 573-319- one five eight six. One listener texted in and said they got two hundred rounds of forty-five caliber ACP and a few thousand rounds of twenty-two long rifle. Well, good for you. My nephew came over; he wanted to shoot my guns, so I let him choose two guns to shoot. And he wanted to shoot the nineteen eleven A one 45 ACP, and he wanted to shoot the AK forty-seven, which you all we all love. How dare you, know, you makes liberals cry. We had a good time though on the on the weekend. Hope yours was good. I basically just. I ex- just blew up the internet, uh, Twitter specifically, but an article that I wrote just sort of thinking it wasn't going to get that much attention. And I hadn't even shared it on my social media pages, started getting shared over the weekend. Uh, and how uh, Thanksgiving, right the day before Thanksgiving, man, I was getting it from all angles uh, from the right because of an article that I wrote in Human Events Magazine titled Online DeSantis Supporters Need to Stop Making Me Hate Their Candidate. Uh, Yeah, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit more this morning. But before we do, I think the more newsworthy story is um, former uh, Massachusetts governor and current Utah Senator Mitt Romney says he would rather vote for Joe Biden over Donald Trump or Vivek Ramaswamy. Yeah, I know, which to me, I actually see that as a glaring endorsement of Donald Trump and Vivek Ramaswamy I already kind of liked Vivek Ramaswamy anyway but this is kind of one of those things where it's like oh well you can actually use this as sort of the canary in the coal mine bellwether this is an example of why I think Vivek Ramaswamy is on the right track don't you think I mean haven't you liked what you've seen out of Vivek Ramaswamy are there some valid criticisms sure but has he kicked absolute ass in the debates he absolutely has um And Ron DeSantis has done a lot of authoritarian stuff. His campaign, I think, is floundering for a good reason. But his supporters, man, he was coming after me this weekend. Not he, but his people. I mean, they were in full-blown attack mode, which to me, I think, signals a dying campaign. And I will be going into more detail about that this morning with my guest at 8 o'clock this morning. I'm going to speak to T.J. Roberts. He's a freshly minted lawyer and a libertarian lawyer. He's going to be joining us this morning at eight o'clock to sort of break down why he was very excited like I was about Ron DeSantis announcing his presidential campaign. But since then, after they stumbled out of the gate, it's just been one series of flubs after another. And Ridge 62 over, um, uh, over on the live stream chat this morning on Rumble says that he thinks that DeSantis is against free speech. Search Florida HB 269. And then when DeSantis supporters started coming after me this weekend, I needed to remind them, which many of them were trying to deny, that Ron DeSantis is not a perfect candidate either. Remember, Ron DeSantis issued executive orders to lock down his state of Florida, and many of his supporters are trying to deny that that happened. And yes, I recognize that Florida was one of the better states when it came to COVID, but there were governors who did a better job than Ron DeSantis even. He may have been one of the best governors during COVID-19, but he wasn't the best governor during COVID-19. And it's important before you give someone the top job uh, for the White House that you thoroughly examine their records. And the problem is, is when I was saying that over the weekend, people were like, but Trump, but Trump, but Trump, but Trump, which was really odd to me because I wasn't defending Donald Trump's COVID record. And it just kind of reminded me of the Biden supporters where it's like, Whenever you ask people, why do you support Biden? It's always, but Trump, but Trump, but Trump, but Trump. It's not about why they like their candidate. They're not good at making the case for their candidate. It's just, uh, well, he's better than that guy. And that seems to be where the DeSantis campaign has firmly lodged themselves. And and they're they're adopting the vitriolic rhetoric of the Trump people that they claim to hate and despise. And then they want to get outraged when I guess this is what sparked a lot of this uh, anger of the DeSantis people were so mad over the weekend uh, is that Roger Stone called Casey DeSantis, Ron DeSantis's wife, the C word, which is obviously not nice. Right. Kind of rude. But get over it. It's just mean words. And if you can't handle mean words, you're in the wrong business. Right. Politics is a blood sport. Lots of people call people mean words for the last month and a half. I've had to put up with horrible, cruel, vile, anti-Semitic remarks that have been lodged at my wife, right, for the simple fact that she's being Jewish, you know, cruel attacks about how I'm being controlled by her, et cetera, et cetera, stupid stuff. But you know what? I don't cry about it because it's politics, right? It's, it's, you know, you got to brush your shoulders off and let it roll down your back. But the thing is, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that I think a lot of the Ron DeSantis people are very socially conservative, and so they don't like naughty words in general. But I do think that that's, again, part of the problem. That's the old Republican Party, right? Tone policing, strict social conservatism, pearl clutching, et cetera. Those days are bye-bye, and we don't get upset by mean tweets anymore. I I would prefer mean tweets and $1.75 a gallon gas to nice tweets and $3.75 and 5 dollars seventy five cents in five dollars and $7.00 in California gasoline. I, I, I don't know about you. How do you feel about it? Mean words don't bother me. I don't care. It's not a big deal. Uh, you get if you get into politics, you're going to have to put up with that kind of stuff. And that's just how it is. Anyways, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. But uh, you'll have to send me a text this morning. If you want to have your thoughts read onto the air at 573-319-1586. Oh, and don't forget, as you sit as you come on into the show and join us, Make sure that you click the like button on the stream, and if it's your first time watching the show today, make sure that you subscribe to the channel as well. We'd love to hear from you this morning um, uh, on what your thoughts are, and we'd also love to have you come back and join us every Monday through Friday from uh, five uh, every Monday through Friday from seven to nine a.m. Central Time. I'm monitoring your comments in the chat as well. Eric Wilson says, "When you throw a rock, the dog that yelps is the one that got hit." Yes, very true, Eric. P. Ridge 62 says DeSantis' campaign is dying. That's why the media is now trying to buoy Neocon Haley up. I know, right? Jeez. Whoa. Let's be honest. I think that Ron DeSantis would be better than Nikki Haley, but I'm still not convinced of, on Ron DeSantis when it comes to his foreign policy. I've heard far better remarks when it comes to uh, Vivek Ramaswamy on foreign policy than I have Ron DeSantis. And that's a big one, right? Who's going to keep us out of World War III? At this point in time, I feel like um, like the the two non-World War III candidates in the Republican primary are Donald Trump and Vivek Ramaswamy. And that's a big issue to me. I would like to avoid getting involved in another gigantic war. One listener texted in this morning with a really interesting take. They said Biden is in a worse position than he was four years ago. Absolutely true. And I've got some data on that. Now he has a record of terrible performance as a president. Yes. Four years ago, he was just the, quote, other option for those who hated Trump. Now they have something unpleasant to weigh against the Trump option rather than a neutral other. Boy, that is a brilliant point of view. Who is that? Oh, it's Quest. Brilliant analysis. As usual, Quest, give yourself a pat on the back. Nice to see you here this morning. We're glad to see all of our friends over on the live stream. Barney Styles, Critical One Thought, Uh, CJ824, Floby Tenderson, and Guokas 422 joining us here uh, as well. Will Run Riot. Nice to see you, brother hope that everything is going well in your life. <clears throat> Let's hear from Mitt Romney this morning on his thoughts of, um, <clears throat> of who he would vote for, uh, it, uh, uh, versus, um, the Democrat. Take a listen to this. Who do you like in the
2: Republican field?
3: Uh, anybody, um, you know, I, I would, uh, I'd be happy to support virtually any one of the Republicans, maybe not Vivek, but, uh, but the others that are running would would be acceptable to me, and I'd be happy to vote for them. I'd be happy to vote for a number of the Democrats too. I mean, would be an upgrade from, in my opinion, from Donald Trump and and perhaps also from Joe Biden. Look, I like President Biden. Um, you know, I I find him a very charming, engaging person. There's some places I agree with him, but most places I disagree with him. Uh, I think he's made all sorts of terrible mistakes, but. Uh, I would like to see someone else run.
0: Who do you like in the Republican? Oh, boo, bow to the king of slime. Ooh, wait, that's wrong button there. No, Oh no. No,
2: God, no, God, please, no, 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 no.
0: Glad to have you here this morning, guys. It looks like you guys are already having a nice vigorous chat this morning here on the show, but I'd love to hear your opinions. And that's why I love to have you guys make sure that you Uh, put that phone number into your phone. Uh, I'm I'm out of practice for the show, guys. Excuse me if I'm a little bit slow this morning, a little bit tired as well. I need to drink more Martha's Mint coffee. Uh, Make sure that you program the phone number for the show into your cell phone so you can just text us anytime. Um, One listener texted in says, uh, Buck Mittens, but not Buck, Buck Mittens, Romney and his niece. I don't know anything about Mittens. I don't know about his niece, so just let me know. Uh, Matt Unruh says he is here this morning. Nice to see you. Andy Opperman as well. Zed the head. How are you doing, brother? Uh, It's nice to see all of our friends here this morning. Don't forget to click like and, of course, subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, Yeah, so Mitt Romney says that he would vote for Vivek Ramaswamy over Donald. uh, He would vote for Joe Biden over Vivek Ramaswamy. Now, why would he say this? Why do you think that Mitt Romney would decide to vote, like, you could understand Donald Trump, but why Vivek Ramaswamy? I think it's because we know that Vivek Ramaswamy is one of us. Like, he gets the, uh, he gets why, I, I understand why Mitt Romney would oppose Vivek Ramaswamy. I understand completely why he would impose Donald Trump. It's a little harder to understand the Vivek thing because it's fresh. Obviously, Vivek is a fresh face. But I'm not the only person who is getting on Romney's case on this. My old buddy Monica Crowley, we used to be office mates, um, she, she says that um, Mitt Romney is a uniparty loser and noted that he is the uncle, oh, there we go, Mitt Romney's niece. I didn't realize it was his niece. So Ronna McDaniel is his niece. Okay, and he's the uncle of Ronna McDaniel. That's why. Okay, now it makes more sense. I for, I knew that they were related, but I didn't know that it was that relation. So you guys taught me something here today. Thank you. I feel kind of dumb. So it's personal. It's personal, but it's also probably political. I you know, I think the fact that Vivek Ramaswamy hasn't been out there throwing punches at um throwing punches at uh, Donald Trump. I think that probably has a little bit to do with it. The fact that Vivek Ramaswamy, first of all, let's give it up for Vivek Ramaswamy for going after Ronald McDaniel in the debate. That was brave. Okay. And for those of you who have never run for president before, let me just tell you that when you get up there on the stage and you're in the debates and you've got televisions in your face, television, gigantic television cameras in your face. And there's John Stossel standing there asking you questions and John McAfee is here and Gary Johnson is over there and you got an audience of people there in the middle of New York City and it's the primetime moment of your life that shit is frightening okay it's terrifying right and i promise you that Vivek Ramaswamy was very nervous about what he what he did when he was in the debate and he called out Ron McDaniel i think that Vivek is very brave to do something like that and I, that's why i give him tons of credit I got to say that uh, Vivek Ramaswamy looking better and better every day, but a lot of that has to do, the reason why I'm, I'm so pro Vivek too, is because I think that he's really the most libertarian of all of the candidates that I've seen from, um, you know, it's not, the problem is this, if you've, if you are really competing for second place, then which I think we are, and that's that's just the reality check here. And I know DeSantis supporters are very reee when it comes to this this discussion. If we're going to compete for second place, then let's compete for a good second place, right? There, It becomes evident, like in the campaigns that I ran, that at some point in time that you are not going to win and you have to run the best campaign that you can for second or third or whatever place you're going to end up. You've got to run the best campaign that you can to try and ensure that Maybe the people that are working for you, maybe they can get jobs in Washington, D.C., Uh, they can go work for another congressional campaign, or they can go work for another campaign here or there. You're trying to lift everybody up who works for you, and possibly you might establish yourself for whatever reason as whatever you might end up as, right? So Vivek Ramaswamy, I think, could end up as someone who might be a good congressional candidate. He might be a good Senate candidate. Hell. If Donald Trump becomes president of the United States again, he might put Vivek Ramaswamy in a good cabinet position. Think uh, a la Pete Buttigieg, right, under the Biden administration. Pete Buttigieg ran a campaign for president. And did he win the Iowa caucuses or was it close? Somebody remind me of my 2020 presidential campaign trivia on the Democratic primary side. I'm pretty sure Pete Buttigieg either edged him out in the first caucus primary or he got pretty close. Uh, Either way, he ran a strong campaign and ended up becoming the um, Department of Transportation secretary. So this could be a good thing for Vivek Ramaswamy. And I would like to see Vivek in a position uh, where he has a little bit of authority. And if he becomes, if it's Donald Trump and Vivek Ramaswamy is the vice presidential candidate, I've told you right here, I've pledged on the show, I will wear a Make America Great Again hat for the first time ever. Now, some of you are celebrating and I know some of you are like... But there you go. And so the thing about Vivek is that his, his rhetoric is the most libertarian, but he has not been tested. Of course, that was what they said about me when I ran in 2016. So I'm a little gun shy to those kinds of criticisms because people, all of the like accusations that were being made at Vivek Ramaswamy, he's too young. He He's, I think he's a snake oil salesman. He's like a used car salesman. Those were the exact same thing that people said about me in 2016. So I don't buy it. Okay. Actual criticisms to me are policy positions that I would disagree with. So for example, when he said he wanted to ban TikTok, I was like, no. And he actually backed off of that. He was smart enough to back off of that. And I think that he should be commended for pivoting to the right position on that. Uh, It looks like my uh, listeners over there are giving me the info that I need. Thank you. You guys are like, bye. Uh, research team my live research team um p ridge says that pete Buttigieg won the 2020 democratic iowa caucus sort of Buttigieg and sanders are still arguing over who won hmm. oh that's interesting um hmm. fascinating so there you go right so if vivek ramaswamy probably is not going to win iowa but if he can make a strong enough showing throughout the primary season and can last long enough then And if Donald Trump eventually becomes the nominee, which is probably the most likely outcome at this point, then the, the competition for second place matters. And here's the thing. I like Ron DeSantis. I think he's been a good governor of Florida. There have been things that I could quibble about and things that make me nervous about him becoming commander in chief, right? However, it's not to say that I'm not nervous about Donald Trump or, or uh, uh, I'm hella nervous about Nikki Haley and damn straight, I would not want Chris Christie to be the commander in chief. At this point in time there's really you know only three Republican candidates that I find suitable and that is Ron DeSantis, Vivek Ramaswamy and Donald Trump. Those are the only three Republicans that I find suitable that are still running. But I will say that um when it comes to the Ron DeSantis factor and things, he gets to go back and be governor of Florida. And that's a good thing, right? He gets to be one of the best governors in the United States. And frankly I think that it, this room here's the thing. It reminds me the DeSantis campaign reminds me a little bit about um, uh, of Rand Paul's presidential campaign from 2016, if some of you can remember going back that far, uh, that uh, that um, Rand, after a little while, Rand just, he didn't want it. You could just tell he didn't want to be out on the campaign trail. He wasn't enjoying himself. And, and he got really surly with supporters. And then he went, when it was over. He went back to being the absolute best senator that we have in the entire United States. Number one best. So I don't see Ron DeSantis losing as a bad thing, unless, of course, Donald Trump isn't able to beat Joe Biden next year, which is, well, kind of a big question, isn't it? Right. So honestly, there's a big problem uh, with the polling when it comes to whether or not Donald Trump will actually beat Joe Biden, because it's at least right now, if the election were held today. The numbers that I'm seeing show that Donald Trump would beat Joe Biden, but we don't know how that would actually shake out in an actual election. Maxim Lott, who is the son of the um, More Guns, Less Crime book writer, John Lott, Maxim Lott is going to be joining us this morning. He's created a site called electionbettingodds.com. And at electionbettingodds.com, Maxim handicaps all of the different races. And how his website works is... Instead of using national polls or anything like that, what he does is he uses betting markets. So for people who are actually betting their own money on who will win certain races and primaries who have their real, their actual money, their dollars on the line, that's how he handicaps where everybody's at in regards to the Republican primary. And I think that's probably a better way of looking at things than a lot of these polls, which use a lot of flawed methodology. So we'll hear from Maxim Lott today at 8.30 a.m. Central Time, and I'll be really... Curious to hear what he has to say about the Republican primary race and Joe Biden versus Donald Trump, using his website data from election betting odds. But then I'm going to speak to T.J. Roberts this morning at 8 a.m. and I'm very curious to hear his thoughts about the uh, what happened to the Desantis campaign. Because here's the thing: Desantis people online are different than Desantis people in in real life. Like the people that I know in real life that are Desantis people, for example, John Burke. You all know John Burke. Uh, I speak to John Burke on the phone. We have conversations. We talk politics, right? We, we and we go on each other's show, so, and and we're friends, uh, and we've met in real life. And when I talk to John, my criticism of the, De, of the DeSantis campaign, he agrees with. He's he's absolutely a, a, in agreement with me, and we're going to have a conversation about it this week at some time, at some point. When I have conversations with other DeSantis supporters in the in the real world. They agree that, like, the DeSantis campaign is struggling and that it's there are some problems. And you know, the, there's a reason why he's not polling higher. I mean, look at his numbers in New Hampshire, for God's sakes. If you look at DeSantis's poll numbers in New Hampshire, he's in like fourth place. I think, I think actually Vivek might be within one point of him in New Hampshire at this point. And people are saying, somebody said yesterday he's going to win Iowa. And I'm like, oh, what kind of crack are you smoking? Like, he's not even close to Donald Trump in Iowa. It, it it's So there's this kind of like willful disbelief, which I completely understand as someone, again, as someone who has run losing campaigns. I know it's very popular for when people want to criticize me, just say, Austin, what do you know about it? You're a loser. I'm like, OK, well, then, you know, that makes me an expert in this topic. Then I can spot what a mile away. Right. So that's yeah, a little bit. funny. <laughs> And so I'm going to talk to TJ Roberts at eight o'clock about these things in public because he's felt the exact same way. And I just, I just want to feel, I feel like I'm going crazy. I'm taking crazy pills because I see the way the DeSantis supporters behave online. And it is just like, they are smoking crack down there in Florida. They have gone full Florida man in regards. It's very Baghdad Bob to use a reference. Uh, for those of you who don't know Bagh, Baghdad Bob, it's basically saying like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. It, this is fine. You know that little comic book where like the dog is drinking the coffee and sitting at the table and everything's on fire behind him and he's like, This is fine. This is fine. Right. That's kind of like how it feels with the DeSantis supporters, like the last days of Rome and everybody's like pillaging and things like that. Maybe I'm wrong. Right. Maybe I'll, you know, maybe he'll turn it out and he'll turn it around and all of a sudden he'll win and Donald Trump will go to jail. And, and the, you know, I'm sorry. I just, I just don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. Maybe I'm wrong. And I would vote for him for president of the United States. But if we're competing for second place, it, my second place pick, right, if it's, if it's going to be Donald Trump, and I think it probably is, Vivek Ramaswamy is more libertarian. And I like him better because his policies and rhetoric are more in line with the views that I have. What about you? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Send me a text at 573-573. 319-1586-573, 319-1586 is the text line. Let me know what you think about that. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. The, I know that a lot of people are going to be like, but Trump, but Trump, but Trump. But it doesn't matter because, and, you know, at the end of the day, if he's going to win, will I vote for him? Yeah, I will vote for Donald Trump next year if he is the nominee. Um, but at the moment, I think it's worthwhile to spend a little time to support Vivek. Um, Andy Opperman says that Romney doesn't care for Vivek because Romney loves government. Amen. It's so true. It's true. It's true. One listener texted out, says, I love Rand Paul. I met his parents, Ron and Carol in 2016 at Gettysburg College, and it was a standing room, only huge crowd. Ron will always be my hero. One listener texted in and said, once Rand dropped out in 2016, I got behind Trump after looking at all the other candidates. Yeah, after Rand Paul dropped out, that's when I decided... I'm going to run for president myself, actually. <laughs> I called Gary Johnson to tell him. He was very mad at me on the phone, very irritated. Boy, I could tell you, if we ever sat down and had a cup of coffee together in real life, you and me, I could tell you some wild stories about 2016. Boy, that was a wild, crazy year. But I got to run because John Miltimore is coming up next. The government wants to put a kill switch in your vehicle. And we have got to rally together to stop it. DeSantis supporters, Vivek stands, Nikki Haley people even. Actually, Nikki Haley people called it for it. We'll talk about that with John Miltimore when we get back on the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. Good morning. Rise and freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. We're glad and grateful to have you here. Click that like button and subscribe to the channel. We'd love to have you come back and join us every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time here on the program. You can join us as well on our audio podcast. If you're not able to get up early every single morning and join us on the show, well, boo, (laughs) we understand. So make sure that you subscribe to the audio version wherever you get your podcasts. Just go and type in Wake Up America Show with Austin Peterson. Click to subscribe to the podcast and click for automatic downloads. That way you'll get the audio version. You can listen to it later at your own leisure if you're not quite an early bird like uh, us every single day. All right. Well, the government wants to put a kill switch in every vehicle that gets out there on the road. It's one of the biggest civil liberty invasions of privacy that we might have seen in the modern era. And that's saying something because there's a lot. Joining us now to discuss is the editor at large for the Foundation for Economic Education's website, John Miltimore, it's Mondays with Miltimore. Hey, how you doing, Miltie?
4: Doing great, Austin. Uh, a little, a couple pounds heavier after Thanksgiving, but that's
0: okay. Uh, yeah, I feel like I'm like five to seven pounds heavier. I've been edging up on I the- I say t- a
4: couple, it's probably five to seven.
0: It's five to seven. Lots of beer, lots of turkey, lots of fun. Hope you had a good one. Uh, John, thanks for joining us here bright and early this morning. Happy to be with you. So fill us in on the details, and the background of what the government wants to do to our cars.
4: Yeah, it, it, it this technology has been around for a long time. You know, like like some people pointed that out in comments when I when I shared this article. The technology being existing isn't the problem. The problem is the federal government wants to mandate that every single vehicle produced in the United States after the year two thousand twenty six have this technology. Um, and what the technology does, there, there's been a lot of obfuscation on this issue, but it does two things that are really important. It, it monitors the driver, and it. Contains the ability to turn off the vehicle if it detects uh, a driver's inebriated or impaired from from some substance. Um, that to me is is really frightening. Um, you know, here and it's a, it's a clear invasion of privacy, right? Like like this is something that more and more we're seeing the feds approach to this. That they're not going to do it in themselves. The NSA is not going to you know have 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 this be monitoring themselves. What they're doing is they're outsourcing this technology. Um, to the, the private sector, it's a lot like what was being done with Twitter, right? Um, the, the the feds were 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 leaning on Twitter to to monitor people or to to get information or to censor, and then say, well, we're we're not actually the ones doing that. Um, but but it, it's very clear you're doing this through coercion. You're you're saying you can't even build a car if it doesn't have this technology. Um, the really frustrating part for me was watching fact checkers um, deflect on this. Because all the fact checkers rate this false. No, there is no kill switch, and and some of them said this because because the words kill switch aren't actually in the legislation itself. <laughs> and that's just gaslighting to me. Like the fact is, the facts are very. They, they don't even deny the facts that that this this would make this technology mandatory, which would you know have the ability to turn off your car. They don't deny that, but they say, well, the words ki- the kill switch don't even appear in this legislation.
0: So it's it's yeah, gaslighting is a perfect uh, word for what the mainstream media uh, fact checkers do when when they're trying to protect some kind of legislation. Why would they want this? What's what's the argument in favor of the kill switch from their from their side? What would they use it for? Yeah, I've thought about this myself. I think there's a lot of different reasons for this. For for one,
4: I think that the natural incentive here is whoever has this technology is going to benefit. Right. Whenever you get to have your product. Mandatory in mi- millions and millions of vehicles. That's going to help your bottom line. So I, I imagine there's been some really good lobbying behind this. Um, I think for for the feds, I, like there's you have some lawmakers who just say, "Hey, drinking and driving is bad. We're going to stop it." And I think some are are just looking at it that simply. And then you have this, you know, we'll, we'll call it the big brother type, you know, angle. And and this technology is great for surveillance. And and the, the truth is we've been creeping toward the surveillance state for about 20 years. And Americans don't seem to mind that much. We got traffic cam, cams everywhere. We got license plate readers. Um, we, we have all these different ways that the NSA is is watching, um, which we never let let's face it, we never would have known the extent of that at all if Edward Snowden hadn't hadn't you know pulled back the curtain on that. And look what happened to him for this. So I think this does it, it sort of opens the door to, to, to more of that. And I think what you're gonna have is, you know, again, ever one of the things the fact checkers said said, well, this doesn't actually, there's nothing in there that says this has to notify police. And, and that's true. But but what I think would happen is after a couple of years, you'd have federal agencies that are requesting this data. And then they have it. And then you know, like like this, this kind of builds over time. So right now you have people that that Support this saying, well, we, we do respect privacy and we're we're never gonna, you know, you know, turn that over to the government. I think that's really naive to think that's the case. That, like once, once this technology is there, um, it will it'll steadily expand. And I think that is something you know people like. It, it's a lot easier to monitor people, right? And and you know, so I, I think the bottom line is you have a lot of people that say, well, we want this to protect people, but at the end, it, it's really about protecting government because the government is primarily interested in protecting itself it's going to be able to monitor all all kinds of um, you know people who are considered uh, hostile to enemies of the state state intentions and so forth
0: you haven't been vaccinated uh make get your vaccine before you can turn on your vehicle if you're just tuning into the wake up america show good morning i'm your host austin peterson i'm speaking to john miltimore right now he is the editor at large of the foundation for economic education We're talking this morning about the uh, proposal of the government to have a kill switch switch mandated into every vehicle. I mean, besides just the civil liberty implications of something like this, John, there's a lot of practical reasons why you would not want to create something like that, isn't there?
4: Absolutely. And I think that's most people are thinking about that, right? I, I think the average American isn't thinking about the principles of this. What they're thinking about? Oh my gosh! What happens if I'm out to get groceries and this technology goes off and my, and my my car is shut off? Uh, what happens then? And will there be people that 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 come and you know, or do you get on a service call and are able to turn it back on? All of those things. None of that is discussed even in the legislation. All of that said, oh, that's TBD. We'll, we'll we'll figure that out down the road. So there's all kinds of practical problems with this. I think there's a lot of things that, that, like, like some people even I think that support it. Like they say, well, relax, you know, this might not ha- even happen. Well, I'm worried it will happen, and I think that, I think there's, there's a lot of people that want it to happen, um, and there's, there's a million problems you can think about this, uh, as you say, that go on be- beyond the civil liberties um, of just people being stranded if this, this technology goes wrong, and, and that's sort of the nature of technology. You, you do have hiccups. You do have problems um i'm sure there's you know it would be you know lawsuits and so forth like people would probably you know if, if your vehicle is disabled and it caused you harm you'll probably have to take you know some sort of legal action you know for recourse um but yeah there's a million problems with this and and the pro- here here's a big problem this was slipped into a 1 trillion dollar bill okay most americans don't know this technology exists no, that, or that it's already law and i think that was done intentionally I think this is sort of like when you instead of having debate on a serious topic, they just slip it into a one trillion dollar spending bill. Now we're talking about it two years later. Um, you can go back and look on Google. There's almost no discussion of this. Um, no, I'll, I'll say I don't think there was any discussion prior to the law being passed. After it, you had a few, uh, a, a one or two libertarians out there that that discussed it. Bob Barr, you know, raised the issue. Um, but but this isn't this isn't the way things are supposed to operate, right? You're supposed to be able to discuss things argue for it are you for against against it vote on it instead it was slipped into a one trillion dollar spending package the, the infrastructure bill um it's just another example of of how uh government really operates in bad faith today.
0: yeah for sure man good stuff there john one listener texted in this morning at 573-319-1586 they said those who give up essential liberty for security lose both and deserve neither good one very good
4: West one quick tech. point on this. Yeah, this, yeah oh, oh, something I forgot to mention. I, I've, I've written a couple of pieces on this. The first one, I pointed out that AOC of all people actually supported Thomas Massey's amendment, which was going to strip funding for this, um, and she did. You can go back and look on the roll call, and I praised her for it. Well, I got a message within a, just a couple of days from her comms director. She switched her position at, at some point following this. Um, so she went from supporting this, and and Macy, you know, Thomas Massey claims. That she had genuine, he spoke to her. She had genuine civil liberties concerns, but between now and then, she's already changed her vote. Um, those concerns apparently are out the window, and and it just shows. I think you know the the party. She probably had concerns. The party got to her, you know. Um, and this is sort of the nature of politics, right? Like even if you have concerns, there's a lot of levers people can pull on you, uh, a lot of incentives they can give you. Um, I, so my my praise for AOC on this issue was was you know short lived because she's you know already now you know marching the, the party line i think that's a shame i think we need people like that uh, you know civil libertarians on the left and there are plenty that can look at this and see the potential problems
0: hey uh john i wanted to ask you about um this story that i did not prepare you for if you don't have an opinion or you didn't see the story that's fine we'll just move on to the next one did you see this story about this child who was stabbed in ireland and then they were attacking the protesters against it for saying declaring they were far right
4: I've caught some of this chatter on on Twitter. Now, I I haven't read the particulars of the story. I saw in Ireland there was big protests and and people were really figuring. I say protests. It it looked like beyond protests, right? Like I saw cars, you know, in America, we would call this mostly peaceful protest, right? Um, (laughs) It's not being described that way right now. And I I didn't know it was over uh, an immigrant who... Stabbed a, a, a child. Was it a fatal stabbing? Do you know, have, I, I don't, know, I don't know
0: if the child died or not. But I do know that the, um, the, basically the Irish representative for the world, Conor McGregor, the UFC guy, <laughs> he spoke out against it and is now apparently being investigated by the police in Ireland. Because he says that um, he did not convote, condone um, violence, but he told his nation's government to ensure Ireland's safety, or I will. So he's now being investigated by the police for saying that uh, because he is upset about his country being taken over by, pe- well, from people who have been imported there. Your thoughts?
4: Yeah. No, it's, it's great to see people like Conor McGregor speaking up on Stuff, really. Uh, and he's not the only one. I, I, I notice a trend of more and more celebrities taking heat for just taking positions that are, are contrary to their, their their government. J.K. Rowling is, is another one on a different issue, not related to immigration. Um, I, I think it's important that they do that. And, and the fact that you know you're going to be investigated, that's scary for anyone. I don't care if you're a professional boxer or whatever. Um, but I think the state is very smart about who they go after too. I think going after McGregor is going to raise some hackles and attention. I don't think we're going to – again, this is all speculation. I don't think they want to tackle Conor McGregor. I think they're going to say, oh, we take this seriously. We're going to investigate him. We're, you know He's saying things that we disagree with. But they don't want to pick those kind of fights either. I think, I think, I think the state wants yeah. those types of people as his al- Yeah, nobody wants allies. to
0: tackle Conor McGregor. Uh, absolutely not, literally or metaphorically. Um, he and I both do the same style of karate for those who might be interested in martial arts. But um, uh, what, what type th- of karate is that? Uh, so shotokan is the style that connor mcgregor added to his arsenal so um every ufc fighter has both a striking style and a um and a grappling style and almost all of them do brazilian jiu jitsu for their grappling like the wrestling part of the fighting but uh connor mcgregor studies for, studied for his fighting his um for his punching and strikes he he studied shotokan karate which without nerding out too much is a, a style of of martial arts where it focuses very much on keeping a distance, keeping a distance, and then diving in really quick, getting in a few like punches and kicks, and then jumping out of range before they can counter, which is just a little bit of interesting factoid trivia. But anyways, I wanted to t- ask you very briefly uh, something yeah. related to Argentina and Javier Malay. I know we talked about him last week, but John, I wanted to ask you specifically something that he's talked about regarding the culture war, because... When you, you know, when you talked about um, this, this idea, you said that you were happy that Conor McGregor brought this up. What we're really talking about in some ways is the culture war. Argentina's newly elected president, Javier Malay, very explicitly came out and said he is in favor of libertarians like him and you and I getting involved in the culture wars and fighting back against cultural Marxism because he sees that as the way that the left takes away freedom, you know, Hollywood, propaganda, the arts and media. Many libertarians disagree with this, John, and they've said this for years, they think, oh, that it's not the role that libertarians shouldn't get involved in the culture wars, and that's not our place. Do you agree with Javier Malay? Or do you agree with libertarians that we shouldn't get involved with the culture wars?
4: I think I'm closer to to Malay, but it comes with a caveat. Like, like, like I think really the details matter here. When we say fighting the culture wars, and I think Malay is probably getting at this, I didn't see exactly what he said. Um, it, it is important. Culture matters. Um, character matters. It, like all these things do matter. Are we are we fighting them with ideas? Or are we are we fighting them with the, with the state? And I think that's where this line blurs. Like, like if it means if it means fighting for right and wrong, um, you know, I. Virtue, you know things like this. I, I I think libertarians absolutely should should have thoughts on those issues. That they should they should get involved in those things. But if it means leveraging government to support them, I, that that that's where I think we got to be very careful. And I think libertarians generally get this right. Right, like um, they they tend to say, okay, like you know the we see we see where cultural Marxism is going. We've seen what the how how the left has leveraged the state in in move culture. In this direction, how they politicize so much. And I think the, the natural instinct that is to use the state ourselves to correct things. And, and that's what we got to avoid. Um, but that doesn't mean we should just sit on the sidelines and pretend these things don't matter. Um, I'm, I'm a pretty, you know, it, it, it's interesting. I'm a pretty, you know, I didn't know this for a long time, but fairly conservative guy socially, like like some of my 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 views are, now, that doesn't mean I want everyone to be like me, right? That doesn't mean I'm going to try to force people to you know, adopt my Christian beliefs or or, or some of my more um, conservative social beliefs. Like, people have to do that themselves. All that said, I, I need to be able to say, um, no, this is right. This is wrong. Um, the culture war, you know, th- there is a war going on there. We can't pretend it's not happening. So I think we shouldn't be running from that. We should we should pick our fights, but just I do think it's important. Don't you know? Like some of the things, uh, you know, I was kind of a Desantis guy for a while, right? Um, I kind of thought, you know, like I, I won't say I was like sending him checks, but I was watching him. I'm like, oh, he's doing some things. I've I've moved on from that because he, here's a guy. He was so into the culture war. He was doing things to Disney, for example, the state. He, he was just getting involved in in using the state in a way I was not comfortable. And and I think that's that's going too far. I hope Malay gets this right in the fact that he does have libertarian roots, that that he's a, uh, an Austrian economist, that he's schooled in, in Hayek and Bastiat and all these guys. I think Malay's going to be perfect for this. He might give us some uh, like model le- legislation on how to how to tackle um, the culture war. And if you look, Argentina's got it. They're fighting the same war, really. Like, like you see a lot of the things. A lot of these equity departments and stuff are up down there. He's already going after them and saying, this is not the province of the state. Get it out. And, and you know, we should, we should watch what happens there. And um,
0: I hope he tackles it the right way. I think he will. I'm glad to hear you say that, uh, John. And, and obviously, your important caveats always give me pause before I leap into something with uh, both feet. So I'm glad that we have you always front and center, bright and early, Monday morning, Mondays with Miltimore because it helps sort of leaven the bread, you will, for the rest of the week before I go insanely radical on, on most things. Um, John, one last question before I let you yeah. go today um, is related to this story that I read in the Washington Post. Yes, I do read the Washington Post so that our listeners don't have to, um, about a man who went to McDonald's in Idaho and ordered a limited edition smoky double quarter pounder BLT with fries and a Sprite The meal cost $16.10. Now, even though he ordered a novelty item, um, the video about his $16 McDonald's order went viral, racked up hundreds of thousands of uh, reviews, and the Washington Post is tying this to Biden's mismanagement of the economy. Um, uh, They're saying this, this is the title, The Viral $16 McDonald's Meal, that may explain voter anger at Biden, as some Democrats fear social media is exaggerating economic problems, the White House faces a crucial choice on election strategy. Um, Do you think social media is exaggerating the economy, John? You know, no, I I don't.
4: I think Americans have been, you know, feeling this for several years. And if you looked at Washington Post piece is a pure deflection. And it's no surprise, Taylor Lorenz is one of the authors on that. They actually, she does this in the piece, which which I read, she compares that $16 price tag on the meal to the price of a Big Mac. So she switches, she switches from the price of a meal to the price of a Big Mac. And she's doing, they write this like a fact check saying, oh, no, like the price of a Big Mac has gone up, but it's nowhere near $16. It's a very disingenuous piece. And there are, they're, they're really doing the work for the White House trying to say, look, inflation's not, not an issue. It's not bad. You know, Americans have been, for the last three years, seeing prices go up. And, you know, like, like has inflation slowed? Absolutely. But again, that really matters to economists and, and politicians who are trying to say, oh, inflation is is really good or, or you know, lower, but getting better or worse. Um, for consumers, all of that's already baked in. It doesn't matter that inflation is now 4% after prices have already, you know, been increasing 9 8 7%. Um, all of that's in there. Americans are feeling the pain. Their their you know wages have not kept up. Paychecks are getting smaller in in real dollars. So no, this isn't being exaggerated. Um, but you have a lot of people that are just trying to look look at you know raw numbers and and make the case that it's it's not that bad out there. The Paul Krugman's and the Taylor of the But no, like 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 this is yeah. You know, so it it is real. I will say it could get much worse. Like it really like 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 this is something. Right now we're like oh it's coming down uh just wait like 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 we we're, we're going to see the fed already is getting ready to 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 interest rates are are are, are paused are probably going to be start to reduce again we're not through inflation yet like and 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 I think um you know again I'll go back to Argentina inflation in Ar- Argentina was 143% um, before the election if you go back for years they were battling inflation like we are now okay they didn't fix the monetary problems that had really been going on for decades and eventually caught up with them. I don't want that to happen here, but we're kind of following a similar pattern. They went off the gold standard just a few decades before us. We're following that pattern. If we don't fix this up, we will be looking at triple inflation eventually too. Um, we have $34 trillion in debt. Our money supply, you can see, if you put Argentina's money supply next to the US money supply, it's it's quite similar. So you know we have the benefit of learning from this. Um, let's hope we do.
0: For sure. John Miltimore, we always learn a lot from you, especially with your great work you're doing over as editor-at-large at at fee.org. John, thanks very much for your time. Thanks for getting up early and being so generous with your time. And uh, Merry Christmas to you, sir. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you as well, Austin. Always a pleasure to be with you. Thank you very much. What do you think of John Miltimore? Send us a text at 573-319-1586.
2: When you think about it, all law All legislation is about the restriction of freedom. That's exactly what we're doing here, is we are restricting freedom, but we're doing it for the common good. You will see throughout our constitution, yes, you have rights, but they are restricted for the common good. Everything needs to be balanced. And if your views on other people's identities go to make their lives unsafe, insecure, and cause them such deep discomfort that they cannot live in peace. Then I believe that it is our job as legislators to restrict those freedoms for the common good.
5: Ooh-hoo-hoo.
0: Boo! An Irish senator says that they are restricting freedom for the common good. Oh God! Can we get another boo on that? And how about a no? no God no! God
1: no! God please no! No! No,
0: in passing legislation that makes it a crime to misgender people in Ireland. Yes, we are passing freedom. We are taking away your freedom for the common good. If you misgender someone, if you say that someone has uh, someone has a wing wang and they do have a wing wang, but then you're not supposed to say they have a wing wang because they don't think they have a wing wang. But she definitely has a wing wang, and he definitely has a wing wang. But if you call him a him instead of a her when she thinks that she's a he, but he's a he in reality. Well, then you're going to have to go to jail. Yes, you're going to have to go to jail. <laughs> All right, let's move on from that. We're going to talk to TJ Roberts. He's coming up next. TJ Roberts is joining us. He's going to talk to us about why the DeSantis campaign is in the death spiral. Talk about that when we get back on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. America Show.com. Good morning, Rise in Freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. Merry Christmas. Hope you guys had a happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for joining us here on the show today. Make sure to click that like button and subscribe to the channel if it's the first time that you're watching our content today and you're enjoying it. We'd love to have you come back and join us here every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. The Wake Up America Show streams live and we fight for economic freedom and personal liberty. So if that's your bag, baby. Make sure you come back and join us every Monday through Friday, again, from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. If you'd like to have your voice heard on the show, send us a text at 573-319-1586. Again, the text lines are open night or day, and I hear from you guys even over the holidays at 573-319-1586. All right, it's time to get this show on the road. Ron DeSantis, what happened to that campaign. I was pretty excited when he announced that he was running for president of the United States. He's obviously been a terrific governor and I like the guy personally, but I think objectively anybody can say that they kind of stumbled out of the gate. And then the online DeSantis supporters have really made me take a step back and say, is this something I really want to be associated with? I don't know, but you know what? Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe nobody else feels the same way that I do, but I'm pretty sure my next guest Feels kind of the same way that I do. His name's TJ Roberts. He's an Ohio attorney. He's a liberty lover himself. He's been fighting for liberty causes for a very long time. And he's joining us live right now. Good morning, TJ. Thanks for joining us today.
5: Thank you for having me on, Austin.
0: So, TJ, I wrote an article uh, about why online Ron DeSantis supporters are making me dislike the guy. And they went nuts over the holiday. They were just flinging poo at me, uh, you know, left and right. And I just, it it did make me sit back and question, maybe he really is, you know, m- am I crazy? Like, maybe the campaign is stronger than I think it is. But is this kind of a Baghdad Bob situation? I mean, just fill us in. How do you feel about the Ron DeSantis campaign and what they've been doing since they started?
5: Yeah, so for one, your article about the online DeSantis supporters kind of said publicly what I was thinking privately of just... A lot of them are falling into the exact same criticisms that I have for people who go from Trump support to point blank Trump worship, where it's any criticism is blasphemy in their camp. And I had very serious issues with that. And frankly, I think that a lot of people moved into that because DeSantis' campaign is far weaker than it was originally designed to be. Um one of the lines that i've been using lately especially with the fallout of the kentucky governor's election is pay stupid consultants win stupid prizes and unfortunately governor desantis is paying stupid consultants right now and the outcome of that is you're going from a governor who was remarkably popular granted there were mistakes made but he was easily one of the top three at worst Um, in terms of handling COVID and just being in general for freedom as well. He was a founding member of the House Freedom Caucus, uh, centering his presidential campaign on the great American comeback, ending the weaponization of government, reigning in the administrative state, to now we're just looking at George W. Bush 2004 talking points being echoed in 2024, where they're just falling flat. And ultimately, you're not really giving anyone an incentive to look elsewhere from the presumptive nominee, who is Donald Trump. And that's been a serious issue, because frankly, if you want a George W. Bush 2004 person, that's Nikki Haley, and I don't want that, so. Yeah, no
0: kidding. And I think our audience would definitely agree. Let me hit the cheer button there for that. Not think anybody who's watching our show wants Nikki Haley. So you've got Nikki Haley, you've got Chris Christie, who is ostensibly worse, maybe just a little better, I don't know. But they seem to be infected with Trump derangement syndrome. And that's one of the things that I absolutely want to avoid. I I think that there are legitimate criticisms to be made of Trump. And and I'll say this, when I criticize Donald Trump, I get a lot of hate, right? But I think that there are reasons to to say, hey, listen, I think that he could have done better in his first term. I think that he was way better as a president than Joe Biden has been. And, And this makes all my libertarian friends, TJ, really mad when I say this. But he was probably the most libertarian president of our lifetime, even more than Ronald Reagan, which people flip out over. But here's the thing. It seems as if the DeSantis people are creeping towards that never Trump Republican sort of thing, that Trump derangement syndrome, Lincoln project style Republicanism that is a huge turnoff, I think, to the base and to liberty leaning Republicans like myself. It, is is that an accurate assessment? Do you see them sort of like treading those same grounds as like the Lincoln Project weirdos?
5: And I don't think they're creeping into it. I think they're driving into it at 100 miles per hour, actually. And that's the problem. Is like there's two types of Trump derangement syndrome. There's type one Trump derangement syndrome, which is Trump can do nothing right. And then there's type two Trump derangement syndrome, which is he can do nothing wrong. You really want to avoid bo- both of those because there's plenty of problems. The bump stock ban... Not reining in the spending, attacking those who opposed lockdowns at the outset. So there's a lot of problems with it. But yeah, so, it, but your biggest issue that I think it comes down to is these guys are drastically ignoring the reality that their candidate's not perfect too. At the end of the day, they're attacking Trump for stuff that, frankly, their base probably likes. The fact that Trump is subject to the largest weaponization program I have ever seen. Um, you, you're not you, you're not going to win favors among conservatives by saying that the Biden administration is doing the right thing by targeting President Trump. You're just not.
0: Great point there. And I, I'm glad that you said it. Let's give him an applause again. Boy, my my applause button is getting a lot of work this morning. I have to get a new stream deck. Uh, I'm speaking to TJ Roberts this morning. If you're just tuning in live, nice to see our numbers are popping up top. Rumble.com is now featuring us on the front page. Thank you to Rumble.com. We appreciate you very much for supporting the Wake Up America show. You can support us too by clicking like and subscribe and joining us here every Monday through Friday from seven to nine central. I'm speaking to uh, TJ Roberts. He's an Ohio attorney. He's a lifelong Liberty fighter, just like me. And we're talking a little bit about why the DeSantis campaign is floundering so poorly. Uh, in regards to their uh, trying to win the Republican nomination. Yes, I see this too, TJ. I see them taking like the Democrat lines of support go- in going after Donald Trump. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Ron DeSantis has a really good campaign. He could be running to the right of Donald Trump on so many of these issues. But I actually see them copying leftist talking points. It sounds like, I don't know if you saw this, but Mitt Romney came out yesterday and said that he couldn't vote for he, he would vote for Joe Biden over um, Vivek Ramaswamy or Donald Trump, which I see as a glowing endorsement. But I've heard DeSantis stand saying similar things. Have you?
5: I have seen it. And I, I mean, the piece of good news is Reagan's 11th commandment is finally dead from both wings of the party. <laughs> so we can drop the pretenses because at the end of the day, this whole thou shalt never criticize another Republican. It was just done to excuse the soft Republicans like Mitt Romney, who, frankly, are better suited in the Democrat Party. Um, But that that brings me to another point of like, my question is, why wasn't Ron DeSantis on that list? If I was Ron DeSantis, I would have wanted to be on Mitt Romney's list of I will not support in the general election. And the fact that it was just Trump and uh, Trump and Vivek, one, that's a green flag for what these guys are doing. But two, that was a red flag for who Ron DeSantis is associating himself with the crowd that he's hanging out with. It's not the crowd of people that prompted Thomas Massey and Chip Roy to endorse DeSantis at the outset. It's not the crowd of people that prompted people in Florida who are hardcore on the Liberty train to get behind DeSantis early and have since largely backed off because frankly, when you're just surrounding yourself with the establishment consultant class, you're going to lose your base and you're going to lose your primary. It doesn't matter how much money you're raising, which DeSantis is raising a lot of money, but he's raising money to sell a message that people aren't buying anymore.
0: Yeah, and one of the big concerns that I have, TJ, is the foreign policy question, because I'm for whichever Republican is not for World War III. Uh, I wanna see a candidate who is going to keep us out of wars in the Middle East, and keep us out of the conflict between Russia and Ukraine, and honestly, the foreign policy that I've been hearing out of DeSantis, it's a little shadowy when it comes to the question of what Ron DeSantis would do as foreign policy. I, I'm not going to go so far as to call him a neocon, but frankly, his background in the military, which I see it, that can absolutely be a plus in many ways, gives me a little bit of pause, makes me wonder if on the foreign policy question, he isn't a little bit more Nikki Haley than he is Vivek Ramaswamy when it comes to these things. What have you like seen or heard about that? I mean. Am I off base? Maybe you've heard him say, I don't want to fund Ukraine or something like that. You know, make me feel better if he might be president of of the United States. What are your thoughts on that?
5: Yeah, I don't think he's a World War Three candidate, point blank. I think that ultimately we are far better off with President DeSantis than we are with President Biden, Haley or Christie when it comes to foreign policy. But the reality is that he is kind of spoken out of both sides of his mouth. On the one hand, he has said that we need to put a stop to what we're doing in the Ukraine. On the other hand, he has said that we need to stand up against Vladimir Putin and by any means necessary, which is like, that's a pretty open-ended statement. And he's been a mixed bag on foreign policy pretty consistently. But the reality is he's running for president. You really shouldn't trust him at the outset. I sort of take the scott horton approach when it comes to presidential candidates you can trust them to keep their bad promises you can trust them to ignore their good ones um so just like looking at the worst case scenario he's better than most i don't think he's going to get us killed in a nuclear war but it's not great it's not the best thing we need a radical change to our foreign policy if we actually want to go back to the non-interventionism that was envisioned by our founding fathers and frankly i don't feel much confidence in anyone doing that, but the person I'd have the most confidence in is Vivek because he's at least actively campaigning for that. Does that mean he's going to keep the promise? Not necessarily, but he doesn't have any hardcore record of him walking it back.
0: Let's be honest here though, TJ, when it comes to Vivek or DeSantis or Chris Christie or Nikki Haley, we're all competing for second place, right? I mean, I feel like DeSantis supporters are angry because I'm saying which it will be obvious. You know, somebody said to me from the DeSantis camp yesterday, DeSantis will win Iowa. And I'm like, what a planet. I mean, this is like Florida man levels of methamphetamines that these people are smoking. But I think there is value to coming in second place for Vivek Ramaswamy. Not really so much DeSantis, because he gets to go back and be the best governor that there is in the United States. But I mean, there's I mean, there's this term that the uh, Zoomers are using this day. Have you heard it? It's called DeLulu.
5: I actually
0: haven't. I'm I'm I spend too much time online, uh, TJ. So Delulu is uh, is is a code for uh, delusional, but it feels as if they really do they really are like reaching like levels of Trump derangement syndrome and delusion that I have not seen off the charts yet. Isn't it better if you're going to compete for second place? In my in my opinion, I think it's better to probably support Vivek because we're supporting our bench. He could, you know, if he if he does well enough in the primaries and the caucuses, he could go perhaps run for Congress or Senate or maybe even make a good vice presidential pick for Donald Trump. What are your thoughts on that?
5: I I'm definitely inclined to agree, especially given the reality that Donald Trump will be the nominee, hell or high water. He could go to prison tomorrow and will be the nominee. And frankly, he'd probably win by a wider margin if he went to prison tomorrow. Um, Another reason why I'm not particularly keen on backing DeSantis any more than just being there to praise him when he on occasion does the right thing is you shouldn't reward bad behavior. And unfortunately, his worst instincts have taken over on this presidential campaign where we can talk about his good instincts with COVID. Even those were kind of tempered by some of his more establishment connections where it took people like legislators and attorneys like Anthony Sabatini to introduce legislation and sue local governments to actually get the state of Florida to back off where they were locked down for months. Um, And I, I don't see, and we're more seeing May 2020, Ron DeSantis running for president Then we're seeing July 2020, Ron DeSantis running for president. On that ground alone, I don't think we should be really putting resources into rewarding bad behavior. I'd love to see that change. And maybe there's an incentive toward supporting others as well in terms of actually correcting that bad conduct to state. You're not entitled to our support. You're running on a, in a government that is based on the consent of the governed if you think that you're entitled, you're not running for office. You're trying to be the king. And that's one of the things that's turned me off about plenty of other politicians.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. It's like uh, there is this sort of this air of entitlement that it's like, well, you're in if you're not with us, you're with with Donald Trump, right? Like every single time I launched a, a criticism of the way the DeSantis supporters were behaving online, the uh, the vitriolic attacks were, oh, well, you are, you're obviously for Trump, you're obviously for Trump. And it's so funny, because, uh, you know, they, they spent all of the Thanksgiving holiday complaining that that um, Roger Stone called his wife, DeSantis, wife, the C word. And yet they immediately doubled, tripled, quadrupled down on saying far worse things about me over the weekend it's this weird white knighting for the wives of politicians who people seem to think okay well they're off limits but hey she's out on the campaign trail for them. you got to understand that like you put somebody out there up front and and expect somebody to not throw a poo on them it's a little bit ridiculous but it's like this desire to go back to like when when you brought up Reagan's 11th commandment it's like this push by what i believe to be like the social conservatives like they would have been ted cruz types maybe in 2016 to go back to this Oh, we don't want to say naughty words. It's tone policing to a certain extent. And honestly, I actually prefer mean tweets and dollar seventy-five gas and no tone policing than I do tone policing and Mitt Romney and losing elections and everybody's really nice as our country is being deep-sixed. Do you identify with what I'm saying?
5: I absolutely. I mean, reality is I care about my financial well-being. I care about the prospect of me getting drafted in the last few months of me being in the age of liability mm-hmm. i care far more about that than being mean like everyone is taking campaign politics personally right now that's a problem but the reality is both sides are guilty of making it personal and it's it's hard to it's hard to believe what they are saying in terms of like well, this was just a despicable attack when they themselves are engaged in very similar attacks. I, full disclosure, I was very much against what they were saying about Casey DeSantis. But again, the question is, who is it that's levying the criticism, right? If you're doing the same exact thing to other people, it, it just falls flat.
0: No, it does. And politics is a blood sport. It's not the kind of thing that you, you should get into lightly. There's a reason why if you're running for office and you have a family, people who are responsible have conversations with their family members. Because whether you like it or not, everybody in your family is going to be on the chopping block for them, the, especially the corporate press. What do you think the mainstream media is going to do to you and your family? Let alone, If you can't tolerate what a few Republican apparatchiks like Roger Stone and others are going to say about you, you, you sure as hell aren't going to be able to withstand the general election. But that seems to really be the point of this, I think, TJ, is that Ron DeSantis was not ready for prime time in regards to a fifty-state general election. In my article, in Human Events, I I, uh, this was a a part that really infuriated them. They were attacking Tucker Carlson for appearing with Donald Trump at a UFC event, saying Tucker Carlson was part of the campaign, and you know they were attacking uh, Donald Trump at the you know this event is so ridiculous, and they were attacking this idea that I was floating that maybe it's a good thing to be a celebrity because. We are trying to win a national election. There is no effing way that if Ron DeSantis appeared at a UFC event like that, that every the crowd would be on their feet, screaming his name, uh, and shouting like a rock star. We may not, you, we may not like that. I mean, for God's sakes, TJ, we supported the most boring presidential candidate in in history in 2012 and 20. Uh, I did in two, in 2008. Uh, Ron Paul, who most people look at and are like, oh, he's a crotchety old man, and the Fed, right? Like. We obviously don't necessarily care about the appearances of our candidates or how our candidates sound. All we really truly care about is policy, but we'd be idiots if we thought that the rest of the, the country it votes the same way that we do. They, they'd vote for, for Taylor Swift if she ran for the U.S. Senate. Am I wrong? Or am I right?
5: You're, I mean, you're clearly right. I mean, I think Thomas Massey actually put it best in like 2017. People aren't voting for principles. They're voting for the craziest SOB on the stage. And <laughs> frankly, the personality that Donald Trump has, it, it works. And frankly, people going into 2024, they're going to be even more furious than they were in 2016 because they were promised a return to normalcy by Joe Biden, and he failed to deliver on that. And maybe at that point, that's enough to flip independence to realize we're never going back to normal anymore.
0: I mean, it it never has been normal. It's kind of like this conversation about people saying nasty words about Casey DeSantis, which again, I I don't condone, but people are like, oh, politics has never been so uncivil. And it's kind of like, do you know anything about history at all? Like, it's always been like this, right? The craziest people, the craziest sons of bitches have always been out there. It's just for a while, they had this veneer of, uh, You know, the George W. Bush Obama years, it was this kind of this veneer of like niceties. But I mean, if you go back to the early days, the foundation of the republic, I mean, Alexander Hamilton and Thomas Jefferson and John Adams were using uh, references to male discharge and referencing one another saying, God, I mean, terrible things about one another that you wouldn't be able to repeat in a classroom or in polite company. But that's the reality that people don't know. Obviously, people don't know the history, but it is this tone policing And again, I'm, you know, not to just knock social conservatives again, but I think there really is this, this desire to kind of like have people represent us like a Mitt Romney style of politics that I don't know that it's necessarily that effective when we're fighting against rabid, evil, ideological Marxists, leftist stooge stooges who would just as happily slit our throat as they would uh, do anything. I mean, we're fighting some of the most evil mother effers on the planet. I don't get offended by, by mean words. TJ, uh, you've been very generous with your time this morning, and I'm grateful for you for joining us. We'd definitely love to have you back. But is there anything else on this subject or perhaps anything in general that you'd like to share with our audience before we let you go today?
5: I mean, my biggest criticism with everyone running right now, except for those who are very clearly behind on the polls, is the air of entitlement. Politicians in America are not entitled to power. Um, they need to realize that. Frankly, like Ron DeSantis needs to talk about what he would actually be doing as president, not just listening to his consulting firm. Donald Trump needs to be talking about what he would do differently. The Democrats need to be honest about who the actual nominee is going to be because it's not going to be Joe Biden. Um, so, I mean, that, that's just my general end of it. Like, we need to end this entitlement culture with our politicians.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. TJ, thanks for being so generous with your time. I know you got to run. We appreciate you very much and we look forward to having you back again soon. Merry Christmas to you, sir.
5: And Merry Christmas to you. Field.
3: Uh, anybody. Um, you know, I, I would, uh, I'd be happy to support virtually any one of the Republicans, maybe not Vivek, but, uh, but the others that are running would, would be acceptable to me and I'd be happy to vote for them. I'd be happy to vote for a number of the Democrats too. I mean, it would be an upgrade from, in my opinion, from uh, uh, Donald Trump and, and perhaps also from uh, Joe Biden. Uh, look, I like uh, President Biden. Um, uh, you know, I, I find him a very charming...
0: That is some cringe. That is some cringe. Person.
3: There's some places I agree with him, but most places I disagree with him. Uh, I think he's made all sorts of terrible mistakes.
0: Sure you do. Sure you do, such as it's just another way of saying
3: the American dream. Bynomics is just another way of saying restore the American dream. Bynomics is just another way of saying restore the American dream. The oldest president in US history also continues to face questions about his age, even here in Nantucket. Mr. President, are you too old to be running for reelection? Stupid. Yeah. Why is Donald Trump beating you in the latest poll? President Biden faces the lowest approval rating of his presidency. We hope to hear from President Biden before he takes off to go back to Washington. Shannon? All right, Lucas on the road with President Nancy. Just another way.
0: Oh, boy, that was some cringe, cringe, cringe. Uh, One more cringe for those of you who might have missed this clip earlier.
2: When you think about it, all law, all legislation is about the restriction of freedom. That's exactly what we're doing here.
0: Completely correct, that is true. We are
2: restricting freedom, but we're doing it for the common good. You will see throughout our constitution, yes, you have rights,
0: but they... give us this day, oh Lord, our daily cringe.
2: We are restricted for the common good. Everything needs to be balanced. And if your views on other people's identities go to make their lives unsafe, insecure... And cause them such deep discomfort that they cannot live in peace. Then I believe that it is our job as legislators to restrict those freedoms for the common good. Bow, hoo, hoo,
0: hoo. Bow, bow. bow to the Queen of Slime. How dare you! Absolutely disgusting. That's an Irish senator. Oh, if you if you do if you hurt someone's feelings, then we have to restrict your freedom for the common good. No! Oh, yes, we have to restrict your freedom for the common good. We do. It's for the common good, for the greater good. Did you guys ever see that movie Hot Fuzz with Simon Pegg and he's playing a police officer in Britain and they have like that weird cult and it's like for the greater good and they keep like committing all these murders for the greater good, for the greater good, for the greater good. Oh, God, it's for the greater good. I've got another guest for you coming up, Maxim Lott, the creator of electionbettingodds.com. He's going to handicap the GOP primary as well as the fight between, theoretical fight between Trump and Biden. Who would win? If the election were held today. He's also got a new website that will track AI when we get back on the, web, on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Whee! Hit that button. Good morning, Rise and Freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. We're glad to have you here. Click that like button and subscribe to the channel if it's your first time here. And I know for many of you, it definitely is. Rumble.com features us on the front page of their website, and we just get tons of new people joining us here today. We'd love to have you come back and join us. I know you might be tomorrow waking up and saying, what was that awesome show I watched yesterday with that very handsome host? I want to go back to that, but you forgot my name. Click that subscribe button. You won't have that problem. We stream the show live every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. A great two hour way to start your day, especially if you love the ideas of economic freedom and personal liberty. You're in the right place. Besides, who wants to watch a boring podcast from last night? That's old news we're fresh news hot and fresh and ready every single day here well i guess i do take the weekends off uh joining us now live is an old friend of mine he was a producer for john stossel's show and he's the creator of electionbettingodds.com. his name's maxim Lo- joining us live right now good morning maxim how you doing sir
1: hey austin good great to be here with you
0: yeah thanks for joining us um Got in a little bit of hot water over the last weekend. Um, this, was, this time it wasn't for my opinions on the Israel versus Gaza conflict, but you'd have thought that I've, I'd have stepped in something similar when I suggested that it's probably a race for second place when it comes to uh, Vivek Ramaswamy versus Ron DeSantis. Personally, I prefer Vivek Ramaswamy because he seems a little bit more libertarian, but DeSantis supporters really think they've got a shot at taking down Donald Trump. Do the election betting odds like see that shaking out in any way, shape, or form? What are your thoughts on this? Yeah,
1: you know, it's interesting. The uh, bettors do not think there's much of a chance for anyone but Trump in the primary at this point. Um, And looking at the polls, I tend to agree with that. Um, By the way, DeSantis and Ramaswamy, Ramaswamy might be popular among us libertarian types, but... um, that's really more the third place thing. The betters have it. Haley and DeSantis are competing for second place right now.
0: Ah, yes. Okay. So, uh, you know, like we were saying during the break, get the facts straight first and then we'll distort them as we please. <laughs> it makes sense. Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley become sort of the al- the Trump alternative, which is what if anybody's not voting for Trump in that primary, then they're looking for a tr- Trump alternative who's viable. But you say Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley, at least according to the election betting odds website, not viable.
1: Yeah, I mean, they give Haley 10 percent and Ron DeSantis 5 percent chance of becoming the nominee. There's some there's some crazy scenarios. I think looking at the polls, one of them would have to drop out pretty much to have a chance of overtaking Trump in Iowa or New Hampshire. Um, And it could happen, but it's very, very, very unlikely.
0: Help us understand your website, Max, and when you talk about betting odds, for those listeners who might be tuning in and saying, what is electionbettingodds.com? How does it work? What's different? What's the difference between the um, numbers that you're using at election betting odds versus a traditional poll?
1: Yeah, so this website aggregates places where people are betting their money on who's going to win. And there are multiple sites around the world where people do this. And millions have been bet they've been very reliable historically. They don't call every election, but on average, percentages are reliable. And uh, so we report that it's um, an alternative way of figuring out who's going to win than polling. And I I think better because they consider polling biases and trends and all this. So yeah, it has a great track record of predicting things. Um, Yeah, and right now, I think the big takeaway is Trump is doing a lot better than most people think. Um, both in the primary, which is pretty much locked up, but also the betters are now saying if it's a head-to-head Biden versus Trump, Trump is slightly favored
0: in that now. Uh, Maxim, we both worked together at Fox Business. um, When I was there for a couple of years, you were there for a little bit longer than I was. uh, So we've both covered politics at the national level. Uh, I'm curious as to your thoughts, if you could help us maybe understand, try and get in the minds of the Republican primary voter. Why do you think that Trump is so dominant. I mean, it's not, it's there's, there's nobody who's even close to him. What has happened in the Republican party from those years, 2010 to like where we're at today, 13 years later, why is Trump so dominant and so strong despite the fact he might be in jail soon?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's really interesting. I mean, first, just looking at the uh, betting this cycle, um, the, uh, the, after the 2022 midterms, DeSantis was favored, and it's been interesting seeing those reverse. And it seems like it's really happened along with uh, the indictments. Those were huge for Trump. They didn't help him a little bit. They helped him a lot. And also, of course, DeSantis' late entry. I think if both of those things were different, DeSantis may have had a chance. Um, but anyway, here we are, and I it seems like it's pretty much over. Um, as far as like the long-term trajectory, Um, it's interesting, you know, I, it seems like the established politicians kind of had certain things they, that they just wouldn't, wouldn't talk about and, um, and Trump talked about them and that's, and he talked about them in a way that people knew that he didn't care about what the New York times or the woke people thought about. And now they, they, and they've seen four years of it they've said, we liked it basically. So it's really hard for any Republican to run against that. Um, that That's what I've seen.
0: That's a pretty good but, analysis. Yeah. If you're just tuning into the Wake Up America show, I'm speaking to Maxim Lott. He's the founder of electionbettingodds.com. That's a website where people who were that tracks people who are making bets on candidates in primaries and in general elections uh, with their own money. And it's a really good indicator to see Where people who actually have skin in the game think that things are going to go versus traditional primary polling. But let's talk about the general election here for just a moment, Maxim. You sent me your point of view over last night, and I thought this was interesting because you came to the conclusion that a year from now, or a little bit less than a year from now, that it's possible that Democrats might not nominate Joe Biden, or at least it might be wise if they didn't. Give us your take on this.
1: Yeah. So the batterers are saying that the Democrats would be much better off nominating Newsom, like he would have a 70% chance of winning if they picked him versus Biden only having like a 40% chance. Um, So it's really just Biden's kind of hubris that is going to make the Democrats likely to lose. But Trump remains unpopular. A normal Democrat, even Newsom, who's kind of obnoxious and has the scandal where he violated his own COVID rules, they think would easily win, which seems right to me. I think there are just a lot of moderates who would just take a nice guy with a good haircut, uh, yeah, <laughs> over Trump or Biden,
0: for sure. But if it was Newsom versus, say, Nikki Haley, then Nikki Haley looks what the strongest out of all the candidates that are yeah, running. Yeah, right I now? guess.
1: <laughs> I guess then you get back into coin toss territory um that's a pretty unlikely matchup but yeah the betters would say that would be a looks like a coin toss
0: now you say on the other side of things though that republicans would be wise not to nominate trump
1: yeah the betters are saying that uh nikki haley's more electable that's not very shocking ron DeSantis is maybe still a little more electable than trump although i think he's been hurt because now a lot of the republican base doesn't trust him because of trump's messaging and of course, he's also been hurt by his abortion law and the messaging on the left about him. So, yeah.
0: Fascinating stuff. But you say neither party is likely to take the better's advice.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, seems like both Biden and Trump uh, think very highly of themselves and that they need to be the next president of the U.S. And uh, seems like they, they've both got it locked up.
0: Our friends over in the Libertarian Party don't seem to be putting up much of a fight either. There doesn't also seem to be a lot of appetite for a third party, does there?
1: No, um, RFK is polling surprisingly high. Uh, we'll see what ballots he gets on. Um, and you do ha- and you do also have Cornell West and uh, some people that might bring out the disaffected far left who are angry about Israel and these things. Um, so there, there are third-party candidates, but not, not in the libertarian angle, for better or worse. Isn't
0: that wild? Like it felt like a, in 2016, that was kind of like the crest of the surge for the libertarian party and the libertarian movement in general. But it really has receded to a large extent, has it not?
1: Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah, it's kind of morphed into a very different—there's still a lot of people who are anti-government, but mm-hmm. it's taken a very different form than the classical liberal libertarianism.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's an interesting conversation that I'm having now. If you're just tuning in live with Maxim Lott, he is the founder of electionbettingodds.com. He and I worked together back at Fox Business uh, 2010 to 2012 when I was producing for Judge Napolitano's Freedom Watch, and he was producing for John Stossel's uh, Fox Business show, just named Stossel. Uh, And Maxim and I have kept in touch over the years, and he was on my radio show several times during COVID-19 when we were talking a little bit about his flight from New York City. Are you still living out in the woods? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm, I, I'm checking out Florida right now. I've been checking out different parts of the world and what it's like living there. But okay, currently sure. in the,
0: yeah. <laughs> you've, been, uh, you've also been busy working on a brand new website where you track artificial intelligence. Do you want to share with us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so the previous site tracks election betting, obviously. This one gives the different AI's like ChatGPT, Bing, Google, Bard, Um, it gives them a political quiz every day and it just tracks how they change over time and also compares them to each other. So there's some pretty interesting things. Like I just give them the political compass quiz Um, and all the AIs are in the lower left quadrant. So they're left-wing economically and also socially permissive um not not too shocking <laughs> but sure. um, it is interesting to see how the ais differ so um like the, the most centrist ais are it's called claude it's by anthropic which is a big ai company now um and the uh gpts more on the left um even have for you an been able AI. to get a
0: hold of have you been able to get access to elon musk's new Musk? e- ai not yet,
1: but it's a high priority. I'm on the waiting list. We'll add it as soon as it's in. Uh, do you um, have,
0: if you had it, to guess, do you think that he's going to, do you think that his AI will take the political quiz and end up where we are?
1: <laughs> I suspect it'll at least be centrist. That's my guess. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, for <laughs> Which is, sure. Oh, yeah, um, But it's interesting, even within this kind of narrow range of disagreement, they're all in that quadrant. They There are often different answers. So like, one of the questions on the quiz is, do you think the rich are too highly taxed or should they pay more? And of course, the all almost all the AIs are saying they should pay more. Uh, that's mm-hmm. what's fair. But um, in this case, uh, Facebook's llama AI does say uh, no, the rich are too highly taxed. Maybe even a flat tax would increase the quality and efficiency. So it, they're, they're just random, these AIs, they're they're not entirely predictable. Um and uh, they're almost like people with their own personalities. And, you know, Musk is modeling his on Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> um, and so, I don't know, I, I would say it gives some sense of hope. Like there's, these AIs aren't predictable. They, they sometimes think in ways you don't expect.
0: For sure. Now, I know, I know that AIs are not um, of our ideological bent because yeah. um, I, I use about, five or six different AI software tools pretty much every single day. Chat GPT, MidJourney, Adobe's generative images. uh, I use BARD. I use, um, uh, 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 well, there's a couple of the software programs that I don't want to display to the world because it's it's sort of (laughs) at least somewhat proprietary at the time for how I'm able to create my content. So I won't say their names, but I, I will say that every day, pretty much every single time that I try and generate content for my libertarian talk show in the mornings, I get rejected, and I have to work around the show. So like, for example, this morning, I wanted Ron DeSantis, you know, fighting in the mouth of an alligator or getting Uh eaten by an alligator. could not do that, right? So and AI AI will actually usually it will scold me for a lot of the topics that I want to have it produced. So I'm producing like, neon machine gun underwear or something like that <laughs> and it will it will sometimes it will create like the product description but at the end it will say please tell your people to be careful when and in regards to handling firearms and stuff I'm just like uh yeah i know AI, ai does not agree with us so what do you think that do you are there any conclusions that one can draw from sort of tracking the ideology of artificial intelligence or is this more just a kind of like information good to know in your mind
1: yeah well i think there are you know if someone were wanting to use a chat bot maybe try anthropic claude rather than chat gpt because it is more balanced um and elon Musk's is likely to end up that way um so we can also see how they're changing over time and just see if they start ending up communist and you know that's relevant uh, chat GBT did make a change early in november and you, we can see on the graph it became more moderate actually after that change so it's i yeah those things i think are important to know over the long run
0: is there anything else that's important to know maxim anything you'd like to share with our listeners before we let you go today
1: let's see um well uh we got the Argentina election was exciting. Oh, yeah. What did you um, think about that <laughs> yeah the the betters uh correctly predicted that he would win, and um the uh yeah, I hope they managed to dollarize. Uh, I think that would you know be nice for Argentinians not to have one hundred and fifty percent inflation and <laughs> yeah. might even might bring them commercially closer to the u s as well
0: It's kind of wild though to see someone who won their election for president who is not like liberty-leaning, they're not like, you know, like, oh, Milton Friedman were Chicago school, you know, something like that. We're talking about a literal Austrian economist who is the president of an entire country. It's wild, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, he's the kind of libertarian you meet, like, at a new hampshire free state meetup like he's the most eccentric guy (laughs) who's ever been a president of a country you know he cloned his dog five times (laughs) all this stuff like maybe his dog (laughs) yeah yeah five times (laughs) so uh uh... (laughs) somebody told me
0: yesterday that he's actually a tantric sex coach and is polyamorous
1: yeah also true pretty much every eccentric libertarian adjacent thing you can imagine. And uh, (laughs) it's all public and libertarian, and Argentinian voters were like, screw it, like 150% inflation or this uh, hilarious, crazy libertarian will take it.
0: Do you think that that's what the United States is going to have to go through before we we actually get a libertarian elected here as well? We'll see, we'll
1: see. You know, there are these accelerationists who hope it gets worse before it gets better. I think that very rarely works, but this Argentina thing is a possible uh, point in that favor perfect
0: example of it actually the accelerationist <laughs> yeah. might be right maxim plug your websites and your social media for us before we go
1: yeah so on twitter it's just maxim lot and uh the websites uh the ai is tracking ai.org and election odds.com so yeah check it out there you go
0: perfectly enunciated maxim they can't miss it our <laughs> listeners will uh who are joining us on rumble.com uh, are grateful for your time and we'll drop your handles and your website over in the chat so people can find you over there and follow you as well. Maxim, thanks for getting up early. Sorry about that little time screw up. I forgot to tell you it was central time. I won't make that mistake again. I should have known better. Thank you very much.
1: No, great talking with you, Austin.
0: You too, Maxim. Merry Christmas. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye.
1: You too. Merry Christmas.
2: When you think about it, all law All legislation is about the restriction of freedom. That's exactly what we're doing here, is we are restricting freedom, but we're doing it for the common good. You will see throughout our constitution, yes, you have rights, but they are restricted for the common good. Everything needs to be balanced. And if your views on other people's identities go to make their lives unsafe, insecure, and cause them such deep discomfort that they cannot live in peace, then I believe that it is our job as legislators to restrict those freedoms for the common good. When you think about it.
0: And uh, the one thing that politicians all definitely hate is when people buy gold and silver. Did you know that Franklin Delano Roosevelt actually confiscated gold from Americans via executive order? Things like that make me think that the season of silver and gold, silver and gold, is a great time to buy some silver and gold might make a great christmas present for somebody in your life who are you mr Moneybags out there you got a little cash sitting around think about this you open up a gift you've got a beautiful gold bar sitting there worth thousands of dollars and you can say to yourself no one can gonna take this away from me fdr may try and take my gold, but he's dead so it's gonna be really hard for him to do so you never know what's gonna happen with the economy if joe biden gets nominated for president of the united states again and then wins We might be in for some more dire financial straits. Who knows? The best chance at securing your portfolio and for creating a strong foundation for securing your financial future lies in one of the cornerstones of any strong investment strategy, and that is physical metal, and that is why I endorse Lear Capital. Call it at 1-800-885-2175 today. That's 1-800-885-2175 Today, they've got a website you can visit if you want to get a free gold and silver information packet. There's not, they're not going to spam you with a bunch of advertising campaigns, they're not like that. They're going to call you once, and that's it. So, visit LearAustin.com and L E A R A U S T I N.com, LearAustin.com in the King Lear. Visit them now and get yourself a free gold and silver information packet. Sign up right now, right now. I highly endorse and recommend Lear Capital for all your gold and silver needs. Call them at 1-800-885-2175. Again, that's 1-800-885-2175 or visit learaustin.com. That's learaustin.com. Follow the Yellow Brick Road wearing silver slippers, says Luke Sachs. Yes. New Hampshire
3: guy. Silver and gold. (laughs) still. There we go. Sorry, guys.
0: My bad. <laughs> I had it muted for some reason. I have no idea why. Thank you for letting me know. What would I do without the commenters? Give yourself a pat on the back. It's the old Zoom meeting. You're on mute thing. Yes, it is. Sorry. My bad. My bad. I apologize for that. Let's watch this one more time. Okay, here we go. Okay, here come the two assailants. Now, see, here's the thing. He sees the ambush coming. All right, I've got it muted because it's got some, like, copyrighted music underneath it. But here we go. He sees him. Watch this now. This is a really good example. So he sees him coming. Watch this. See how he sees the guys coming around. They look like they're trouble, right? Situational awareness happening right now. He's getting his gun out. He's getting it ready. These two guys come up. And before he can actually draw, look, he's actually looks like a draw at the same time right there but look who gets off the first shot right there first shot han fired first hell yeah way to go camo man boom shot one and boom boom shot two and three now that is just freaking hardcore give it up yeah he'll get in trouble says quest yeah probably true sadly Remember that guy on the the train in New York who protected a lady with a gun the other day, and now he's in trouble? But here's the, you know, is this the most hardcore guy ever? Because look, look at his face. He's like, oh, and then look, he continues to go for that ice cream there. Mm. <laughs> I guess the ice cream is time sensitive, but you know, what a great show today. Have you enjoyed it? Thank you very much to Rumble.com for featuring us on the front page. Give it up to Rumble. Thank you. And if you're watching us here for the first time today, I hope we can earn a subscribe on our channel here at Rumble.com slash AP for Liberty. That you'll come back and join us tomorrow morning, every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. We would love to have you come back and hang out with us. Drop some comments in the Rumble chat, make friends, introduce yourself. We're all about building healthy communities online here. And if you'd like to be a part of it, we'd love to have you come back and join us. Okay. Don't forget everybody that the Black Friday sales where it's 20% off the apparel, 15% off all of our drinkware, like our very popular Calvin Coolidge, Keep Cool with Coolidge mugs and glasses, whiskey glasses, all of our drinkware, all 15% off automatic discounts today, 20% off all of our shirts. Now I've got a sweater. I ordered one. This isn't the sweater, but it looks like this and it says, um... Now I have a machine gun, ho, 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 the diehard sweater, get that, and then the Santa hat, I got one of those too, Walmart over the weekend, Santa hat, now I have a machine gun, ho, 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 you'll be the talk of the Christmas party, okay, so get it today, because it's 20% off today, and then tomorrow, everything goes back to my, give me my greedy capitalist money prices back tomorrow, so 20% off all apparel, shirts, um, tights, leggings, all anything that we have that's apparel related. 20% off today, automatic, okay? If you want an awesome Keep Cool with Coolidge Camelback water bottle, 15% off today, okay? Automatic. And then if you want a bag of coffee, use code FOUNDINGFLAVORS to get two bucks off a bag of coffee. $5 off a cell phone case if you use the code LibertyCall. Where can you get these discounts? AP for Liberty Shop. That's AP, the number four. AP. ForLibertyShop.com, Liberty Shop.com, AP the number four. So there you go. We got some awesome discounts, but they end tonight at midnight. So don't turn into a pumpkin. Go to apforlibertyshop.com, get yourself some coffee, cell phone cases, load up, man. It's all is get yourself some sweaters, some shirts, some gifts, give them to friends and family members. Today's the day to stock up. Last day though, before everything goes back to normal, okay? AP4Libertyshop.com. Nice to see um C Song Garath. How you doing, brother? Pittsburgh Kid55 enjoyed the show. Robbie Therman here with us, Tali. nice. 1982, Maria Edenbow. we love you, Maria. How do you solve a problem like Maria? Matt Unruh says, solid show. Yes, good to see you. Whiskey349, Romney is a loser POS. Yes, we completely agree. You're in the right place, Whiskey. Show's over, but come back again tomorrow. So make sure you subscribe before you leave. Whiskey349, I'm talking to you. And we'll see you guys all later. Have a wonderful day and a Merry Christmas on the Wake Up America Show at
3: wakeupamericashow.com.